Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Thank you for joining us for the Lisa Dent Show. President Biden expressed his outrage after the deadly shooting yesterday on the campus of Michigan State University. I'm sure it flashed up on your phone immediately as well. At least three students were killed. Five were hurt. Some of those in critical condition when police say a gunman who had no affiliation with the school opened fire at two locations on the campus. And while addressing a delegation with the National Association of Counties, the president says he's committed to getting more gun reform legislation passed that would prevent future shootings from happening again. Our hearts are with the students and the families of Michigan State University. Last night I spoke with Governor Whitmer and uh, the FBI and additional federal law enforcement are on the ground assisting the state and local folks and uh, Three lives have been lost and five seriously injured. And it's a family's worst nightmare. It's happening far too often in this country. Far too often. While we gather more information, there's one thing we do know to be true. We have to do something to stop gun violence ripping apart our communities. Ripping apart. This week marks the fourth anniversary of the Parkland shooting. That would be the fifth, the fourth anniversary of the Henry Pratt shooting in Aurora. Um, My gosh, you can go down. I'm looking at the list. It's just it's it's heartbreaking. But today is the 15th anniversary of the shooting at Northern Illinois University, where five students were killed. Twenty one were hurt. One of the students who was there on campus is Harold Ng. He is joining us on the show how I, I know that those who were affected, most of the families that lost their loved ones, Harold, did not want any kind of ceremony today. What do you do on a day like today that brings you back to such a, ter- a terrifying moment in your life? I mean, for us, I mean, we move on um, together. Obviously, everyone has, um, you know, their own thoughts. And so if they decide not to um, participate or want anything, obviously, then we do our best to honor their wishes as well as doing what we can so that we we also move together, you know, because the whole, our whole motto at NIU was uh, forward together forward. And so that's what we strive to do every day on any, on any given memorial. And so how old were you? What were you going to school for? And where were you on this day 15 years ago? I was about 22. I can't recall exactly. I was a junior. I was studying communications and uh, I was basically, I was in the room, um, and it, like I said, it happened, and so I got out as soon as I can, because I was in the back, and I actually didn't even know it was hit, and then when it happened, obviously, then after everything, like, settled down a little bit, that's when I actually knew that I was hit, and um, the rest is kind of like history in that in that regard. Right, so you're one of the 21 who was injured. Correct. Harold, I know this is the anniversary, and so you clearly would think of it each year, but this has become a, a day, too, where we're marking Parkland, and then last night was Michigan State, and I, I wonder if every time there's another school shooting, uh, just how that impacts you. I mean, it definitely does. Um, you know, so every time we th- uh, another one happens or anything like that, um, I try to figure out ways to kind of 
network, but also want them to know that they aren't alone. I think that's the hardest part, because even when it happened to us, obviously, there were others even before us. And we, you know, I thought all the time, like, hey, I'm all alone. But then you find the resources and you find um, ways. And there's actually a a private group that I'm in uh, that, you know, survivors from all over the all over the country um it's basically it's called it's called the rebels project but it is private so i don't want to talk about too much but essentially it started with um from from being in colorado with um, columbine and things like that where and so a lot of us are on that page and you know so that we know that hey we're not alone and that definitely helps it's it's I, I can't even imagine being injured in a shooting like that and surviving. How has that impacted your life since then? Um, you know, maybe you would have just graduated with a communications degree and chosen a certain <laughs> right. path. But had, did that influence what your choices have been since then? I mean, I don't think it influenced it like directly um, in terms of what people would think. Obviously, you know, it it impacted in the sense that. I moved down to like Florida, so you know that I can kind of ease my mind and get away from all of it. So, working working hospitality, knowing the skills that I have, would translate to something like that. Or the fact that um, you know I write I wrote a book based on things that happened. That was it was always in the plans, but then you know having that all of a sudden like had that urge, like hey, you know, like I said, I've dealt with. Um, the differences and the adversity because, like I said, I did the same thing. I, I felt that I was alone at that time and not really finding those resources that I could reach out to. And now that, you know, we're so removed from it in regards to the years, I think I learned I learned a lot. And also finding those resources helped me. So right. what I'm trying to do is, you know, do what I can to reach out to others and be there for others as well so that, again, they know that, you know, they're not alone. Harold, can you help us understand that a little bit? You're talking about your feeling having felt alone after the shooting. What can just describe that a little bit? And what do you mean by that? I mean, when, when you feel alone, it's just because when you go through something so traumatic, you, you tend to, you know, put yourself in the situation like, Hey, why, you know, for example, like, why did I survive? Or, you know, no one knows, understands what I'm going through, you know, because I guess at this time you're kind of reflecting and you're thinking of, possibly all the negative things that could be happening, whether it's positive or not, but you're, you're alone in that sense because you, you keep, you're thinking like worst case scenarios, like why, why did I survive? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And all that. And so when that happens, you go to like the lowest parts of it and no one should have to go through something like that. And so you, you tend to think that you're alone, but that's because you're also, you're shutting yourself from the world because at this point you're such, you're, you're in the darkest of your darkest places at this time. Well, we're glad you survived. We're glad that you're sharing your feelings and your story today with us. We appreciate that, and we wish you nothing but the best, Harold. Of course. Thank you so much. Be well. Howard Tolman joins us next. He's an educator, art collector, venture capitalist, entrepreneur, and is talking about chat GPT and the influence that it could have on your students. But first, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic.